Yo, what is happening, everybody? I am back with another episode. And today I'm just talking about the topic of adulting. And I know that not everybody that listens to me is my age or is in the same season that I am in. But I was playing a card game yesterday and one of the prompts that was given was adulting terrifies me and your response would be either you agree or you disagree and I thought that was interesting because I am a college no I'm sorry I am a college graduate and I graduated about two and a half years ago how do I not know when I graduated it's 2023, so a year and a half ago, I graduated. So I have been working at my corporate job for about a year and a half now, and I got my first apartment on January 6th of 2023. I started paying my car note officially when I graduated college because once I graduated, my parents was like, all right, it's yours now. You know what I mean? You you paid a, You paid a note. So I started doing all that, started paying bills, started paying rent, electricity, water, heat, all that stuff. And I I was talking to someone and they told me, they just said, adulting smacked them in the face because they went from not having to worry about all of these things that we have to worry about now. And so when you're in college, it's kind of like, you go from and I mean, I'm not saying that everybody grew up like me because I grew up in a very stable household where I didn't struggle financially. My parents were blessed to provide for me. And so there were just a lot of things that I did not have to worry about. I never had to worry about paying for food or, you know, paying for any bills. I was just blessed to be in that to be in that situation. But I do feel like. Overall, a lot of people, whether if they grew up like me or not, have had to deal with the obstacle or the mental obstacle of adulting. And when I say dealing with the obstacle, some of it might not be an obstacle to you because some of you may have already experienced adulting at a young age. Because I know a lot of people have also had to act like the adult or they had to act like the parent at a young age. Right. And. I I understand that, but I also feel like there is a part that the Lord wants to minister. There's a part of our hearts that the Lord wants to minister to us in, whether if we learned to be an adult when we were 15 years old or we started learning when we were 23 or 22 like myself. And I was reading the scripture today in Matthew chapter six, where Jesus is talking about not being anxious about what you will eat or what you will wear. And I just want to read it because it was so powerful. And I, I I just want to read it. It says in Matthew chapter six, verse, I'm trying to figure out which one. This is King James. The King James version is very, very ancient. It sounds sanctified, but... I feel like I want to read it in the New King James Version. It says, therefore, I say to you, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And it says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat 
or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value? Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the li- consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This really ministered to me because as an adult, one of the things that all of us that are adults have to wrestle with and fight with is how are we going to provide for ourselves? We know that bills don't get paid by magic. We know that lights don't come on by magic. We know that food don't come on the food doesn't get on the table by magic, but it takes work and effort and work correlates to finances, right? The Bible says if a man doesn't work, let him not eat. So we should all be striving to have some source of income. If you're in a place where you don't have to work a nine to five or a regular job because you're an entrepreneur or you have created systems of passive income, that's cool. You know what I mean? But even that, even the ability to create that kind of system that takes work, that takes strain, that takes effort. See, first things first is I want people to stop thinking that just because people are entrepreneurs and you see them as millionaires and you you watch them walking in their big break and they have seven different sources of six-figure income and they make a million dollars a month, that that somehow means that they don't have to work hard or they don't have to toil or they don't have to deal with the pressures of life just because they have a lot of money. They've just reached a certain point that their work ethic is now returning back to them and the fruit is beginning to show and their harvest is now available to them, right? So I just want us to be aware that regardless of whether if you work a regular nine to five or if you are in full-time ministry or if you are an entrepreneur or if you have created passive income, in order for you to get to that place of success and stability, you're gonna have to put in some form of work You're going to have to plant in the ground to receive a harvest. It would be foolish for you to think that there should be a return on your investment if you did not invest. So I just wanted to say all of that. But in the midst of that, Jesus in the scripture, he tells us to not worry. And then he said something specific. He said, which of you by worrying will add one cubit to his stature? In other words, Jesus is saying being anxious doesn't add anything. Therefore, it's a waste of time. And when I was praying earlier today, I was talking to God about all of my anxieties because the Bible says, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. So I began to tell God everything that I was anxious about. 
And I, I was intentional to do that. And when I began to really sit down and logically think about all of the things that I was anxious about, sorry, y'all, because that train is so loud. Um, when I began to think about all of the things that I was anxious about, I really sat down and I thought long and hard. And I was like, OK, what is the what is the ang- what is this anxiety doing? Is this creating a solution? No. Is this fixing the problem? No. Is this helping? No. And and you know what else? Anxiety. And this is something that we as adults need to realize. Anxiety and fear always comes from something that is not real or evident. And what I mean is we are anxious about a future that we do not see yet. You know what I mean? So if you're anxious and I'm not I am not making light of this situation, but let's just say you lose your job and you are now halfway through your savings and you've got about, let's just say, you know, three thousand dollars left as an adult in America, only having three thousand dollars to your name. Right. That's not nothing. But it can also go pretty fast. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't feel some kind of way if that's all that I had. I would be like, oh, and I didn't have a place to live or I was in this apartment and all I had was 3K and I wasn't working. I would be a little nervous. But when when you allow anxiety to grip you in a situation like that, Jesus's question to you is, okay. You lost your job and you don't have that much money left. Okay, how is being anxious helping you? How is being anxious being of use to you? Right. That's what Jesus is saying. And so what I love about in this passage is he ends the passage by saying, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is its own trouble and something that I really wish that I learned before I went into adulting was learning to focus on the here and the now and don't misinterpret what I'm saying because I do believe in preparation and successful preparation is preparing for a storm so I believe in having emergency funds I believe in you know, working extra so that you can um, eat of your fruits later on in life. I believe in studying before you take a test way in advance. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I think what Jesus is trying to combat is a mindset of anxiety because you can prepare and not be anxious. You can prepare and not be fearful. And so a lot of people, especially us as adults, we can overly work because we're afraid. We can overly prepare because we're afraid. And so regardless of whether if your regardless of whether if your response to fear is overworking or whether if it's alcohol or whether if it's masturbation or pornography, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, fear is not of God. So I think a lot of times we may look at fear thrusting us to, into overworking ourselves and being afraid of What could happen in this life if we don't, quote unquote, work enough? But we should not be working out of fear of being broke. We should not be working out of fear 
of not having enough finances, right? We should be wise and we should recognize that we do live in a natural world. And if your bills don't get paid, you will not have the necessities that you're supposed to have in this life. But you also have to understand that we are walking this walk out with the Lord. And I think when you are adulting, right, something I've had to remind myself is for some, because for some reason, I forgot the Lord was with me in my adulting journey, but not in my ministerial journey. Like when I went to go preach in Philadelphia for the first time, I knew the Lord was going with me, right? But for some reason, when when we deal with the natural things of this life, it's so easy to forget that God is with us. God is not shocked by your adulting process. God is not shocked about the fact that work is pulling on you in 70 different directions and you still have to balance that and your family life and your church life and your business life and your marriage and and your siblings and your and your children. God is not unaware of these things. Right? So this is the beautiful thing I love about the scriptures. You have to understand The Lord is sovereign and he knows everything. So when God was writing the scriptures through various men, he knew already what each of us would be going through when we read the scriptures. So that's beautiful to me because what that shows me is when God wrote the scriptures, even though his writing of the scriptures took place before what's happening now in my life, He already saw what was happening in my life because he's Alpha and Omega. So he saw what was happening and still chose to write the scriptures. So the confidence that I have as a young adult in this generation, when there's a financial crisis, when there's when there's talk saying that the that hard times are going to come that are worse than the Great Depression, hearing all of those things, I'm reminded That God is not shocked by this, that while I may be taken off guard, the Holy Ghost isn't. You you understand what I'm saying? And so I really believe the enemy will try to use adulting to rob us from our placement as sons. And so we become independent, right? If you ever notice when it comes to adulting and all of the things that we have to deal with, What usually stops our ability to pray and read the word? It's not that we don't want to all the time. It's that we're busy. The busyness of life pulls us away from communication with the father. We have work to do. We have meetings. We have assignments. We have whatever it is we may do that is extracurricular in our lives We have those things and they can pull us away from the father and what we need to combat and fight against as adults that are living in this life is we have to. We we have to remember who we are as sons, we cannot allow this life make we cannot allow this life and our placement here as natural adults to make us independent from needing God. Our revelation in knowing that we use God as our dependency and as our sufficiency can only be strengthened and and um, built upon through the place of intimacy with him. 
and intentional devotion to him. So one of the ways that you know that God may trust you with greater levels of finances is you don't you don't just pray when you're you don't just pray when you fall on rough times, but you pray when things are going solid in your life. You pray when there is consistent income. You pray when all of the ends are meeting. You don't just pray when you're struggling to make ends meet or when you don't know when your next meal is coming from because all that shows God is that you only come to him when you need something, right? And we always need something from God. But what I mean is when you are sufficient in the natural, what does your devotional life look like? And so what I'm saying is, we cannot negate that at all because what I've also noticed as well as somebody who is growing as an, as a man and as a man of God and as a man in God, I am literally noticing and reminding myself day by day. And I know this is very cliche, but genuinely saints, nothing in this world can satisfy the human heart other than Jesus Christ. And I'm seeing it proven time and time again. I'm seeing people who are making so much money and have everything together. And the Lord shows me their emptiness on the inside. He shows me their deficiency on the inside. And and I'm really, I'm really grateful that I know the one who is all sufficient. And I think as well, many people cannot even enjoy this life to the degree that they want because they're so married to it. God is the one that teaches us how to God is the one that teaches us how to operate in this life with true enjoyment. And I think following Jesus, we only talk about the part of self-denial and we talk about the part of crucifying and you know suffering for the Lord and all of those things are a part of the relationship, but I think us as Christians, we have to start um we we have to start being um what is the word i'm trying to use not emphasizing that's not the word that i'm trying to say what i'll say is this we as christians we have to become more aware of our enjoyment in the things of god you get what i mean so for example and i'm just i'm just being real i enjoy the fact that i don't have to be addicted to pornography anymore the other men in this world, they don't have a choice. Even the men that broke their addiction to pornography outside of the spirit of God, they did that out of their own strength. So they, the strain of rejecting pornography is from their flesh, right? But I, as a man who's been delivered from that kind of thing, it gives me joy to know that I was snatched out of that pit outside of my own doings. You know what I mean? Even my ability to be joyful in the midst of circumstances when I'm unsure. When COVID was happening, I had joy. When 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 crisis was breaking out during the pandemic, I had joy. I didn't it's not that I didn't acknowledge it, but the fact is is that I have joy, you know? And I think the beautiful thing is this is why I don't like it when people try to make it seem like just because you follow Jesus all of a sudden, bad things never happen to you again. No, because that would take away the beauty of walking with Christ. The beauty in walking with Christ is bad things still happen to me in the natural world because I'm a natural man. 
So me following Jesus does not negate the natural trials and the natural afflictions of this life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, right? But the beautiful thing is that the afflictions will come, but I will be sustained in the afflictions supernaturally. And so what I think the issue can be is when we are adulting, we will try to sustain ourselves when we were never built to. And so that's why the Bible even says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that can correlate to the subject of adulting, because in this world, if you are becoming an adult, the world says, sustain yourself, lead yourself, govern yourself, look out for yourself, right? Protect yourself, right? All of these things, when you are an adult, you are responsible for you. And when we are going to be children of the most high God, we have to reject that mindset, right? Because while we are accountable in our Christian walk, our ability to be peaceful, our ability to be sane, our ability to be prosperous comes from the grace of God that he's placed on our life. And we just simply have to partner with it. But we as Christians should not be doing anything on our own. We should rely on God for everything. And that is a mindset that is against the cultural norm in this day and age. If you are an adult, you got to do it for yourself. The hustle culture, right? Even when it comes to men, specifically men, we hear this all the time. What makes a man? The kind of money he has, the kind of career he has. I was just listening to somebody say that if a man does not pay 100% of the bills in between a marriage, in between the mar in, in a marriage between a man and a woman, he is not a man. I have heard I have heard men say that if 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 you're not a millionaire, if you're not making over six figures, if your woman makes more money than you, you are not a man. And I'm not going into all of that. I disagree with all of it, but that's not what this podcast is about. I'm more so just talking about a mindset known as hustle culture that says you got to go out there and get it. You got to be the best. You got to. And I do not believe that us as Christians should be mediocre and lazy because the Bible says Jesus Christ grew in favor and in stature with God and man. So Jesus was a man that was progressing in society. So if we follow Jesus, we should be progressing in society. Jesus cares about your societal progression. That's good right there. Jesus cares about your societal progression. Now, not all societal progression looks the same. And that's where we have the issue is that especially us as adults, we will begin to compare ourselves. And so we see one person progress in society and we see another person progress in society and God tries to progress us in society. And because our progression doesn't look like their progression, we will presume that our elevation is less than or has less meaning or has less um, effects on, on the kingdom of God when God is supposed to elevate you in your specific assignment or jurisdiction, right? So I think another thing that I can go into is learning to be content. The Bible says godliness and contentment is great gain. So once again, this mindset of adulting, adulting a lot of times in this world, what do people say? 
Don't be content. Keep going. Don't stop. When the Bible says to be content and and it does not mean that you should stay in the same level financially or God doesn't want you to grow in your ability to generate currency for your life. It's talking about a heart posture. It's talking about a mindset where it says, if all of these natural things in my life did not increase, would I be content in God himself? Because I know that God is more valuable and has more worth than all of the things in this world, right? When we when it when it comes to chasing the bag and being relentless in our pursuit of of hustling and and getting money and becoming millionaires, I the, you know I have a beautiful mall that is near my house. I live in Northern Virginia. There's this mall called the Tyson's Galleria. Beautiful mall has all of the designer stores. Um, it has Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, Ferragamo, Louis Vuitton, Balenciaga, all that stuff. And I was talking to my friend. I was there with a group of friends and I told them, I said, y'all, I'm not even going to lie. Every time I walk in this mall, I think about two things. I think about death and dying and going to see Jesus. And I also think about the scripture where it says, what profit does a man to gain the world and in the end lose his soul? And just to address any of you that think that me thinking about death is bad, the Bible actually says that a man who thinks about death often is a wise man. And people don't know that. Actually, let me let me look this up. Uh, uh, okay. Yep. Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse four. Let me read it in the, uh, I don't like this version. Where is it? Uh, no, not that version. Hold on. Just give me a second. Wow. Okay. Hold on. Wait, no. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. A wise person thinks about death. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse four. Not all of them say that. Not all, not all of the um not all of the versions say it like that. Another version says a wise person's heart is in the house of mourning. Right? But the uh or the NL NLT says a wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool only thinks about having a good time basically. And, but this, this, whether regardless of the translation, we see that in the scriptures, it is wisdom to think about the afterlife and where you will go. You have Jesus saying scriptures such as if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off because it would be better for your right hand to be cut off than your whole body to be thrown into hell. If you're I causes you to sin, gouge it out, right? Jesus, all throughout the scriptures, we are told to focus on eternal things. We fix our mind on which is unseen because what is unseen is eternal. So it is wisdom to think about the afterlife. And I think about that all the time because when I'm in this beautiful mall that I was telling you all about, it's beautiful. These are things that I love. I love me some Alexander McQueen's. I'm getting another pair. I have one pair. I'm getting another pair. I love Alexander McQueen's. I love nice things. I love 
Burberry. Burberry is of the Lord. It is. But I feel like the spirit of the Lord, he quickens my mind to go there just from a place of sobriety and recognizing one day me having a house with three bedrooms isn't going to matter. When I stand before God, that's not going to matter. And do not hear what I am saying because I don't believe in Christians being lazy. And this is why I keep stressing this because I don't want anybody on this podcast to misinterpret the things that I am saying. I want to have a balanced perspective for any of you all that are listening. But what I am saying is I think having an eternal mindset will take away unnecessary pressure that we as human beings have when it comes to adulting because stress and anxiety and depression is at an all-time high and look you being anxious as Jesus said adds nothing to your day does not add a cubit to your stature does not fix the problem does not do anything and I think we as adults need to learn how to carry and walk this life out and to not let these things govern us this, and these are things that I'm literally learning as a 23 year old man, like and I'm grateful for my parents who have taught me and have told me to really just adjust with life as it goes. You know, I think and that's what I so in regards to that. Right. Jesus, once again, he said, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Focusing on things that we don't have to focus on right now is a killer, fam. As an adult, for me, I find myself doing that all the time. And mind you, there are things that you may need to think about in advance. But there's other things that when you really carry the sobriety of God, you realize, wow, I don't even have to think about this. I literally have had I literally had a situation like that happen to me today. There was something that was occurring with my job and I was literally thinking about it last week and I was I was talking to people that I love about it and all this other stuff and I was just thinking about it and I was telling myself, Jesse, you don't need to be trying to figure out how this is going to end. Just walk through it. Just let God handle it. I prayed about it literally today at 321 p.m. because I remember the moment where I got the message at 321 p.m everything worked out. God heard me. I literally prayed and shut up. And I just let the situation marinate until God was finished working. And he literally heard my plea. He heard my cry. And I'm thinking of that scripture that says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I just feel like this life of adulting is it, it can so easily control us. It can so easily manipulate us. It can so easily cause us to forget what's really important. I would even say to everyone, you know, while you are adulting and while you are busy, do not neglect your families. Do not neglect your friends. Don't neglect the people and the relationships that you have built because I don't care what salary you have, friends that you can trust are priceless. If you have friends that you can trust, you are rich. 
And I know a lot of people would disagree with what I just said because there are people who have friends that they can trust and they are broke as can be. They don't have any money. They can't afford a dinner at Wawa. And that's okay. Look, people walk through different seasons. But I'm telling you, if you have friends that you can trust, you are a rich man. You are a rich woman. Relationship is the greatest form of currency. Ask me how I know. Because our relationship to Jesus gave us access to a a whole new dimension, a whole new world. Relationship is what allows us to have inheritance, a heavenly inheritance at that much. Right. So relationships are the greatest form of currency. And you don't know how God could use your relationships to bless your pockets. Now, it's all about who you're hanging around with, right? It's all about, are you responsible in the connections that you develop? Because if you are and the fruit is there, then there should be a reaping in your connections. And I'll tell you this, let's, oh, this is good. While you are adulting and you're developing, do not neglect your soul health. See, because you got a lot of adults, they can function as adults, when it comes to the natural things with finances, they're able to they're able to budget correctly. They're able to pay their bills on time. They have a good job and a nice salary, but they can't have hard conversations. They don't have emotional intelligence. They can't receive rebuke and correction without getting offended and defensive and letting their ego come into play. So Those are the kinds of things that I think we as adults could possibly neglect because of the busyness of life. Look, if you need therapy, don't forget to go to therapy. Take care of yourself. Eat healthy. You know what I mean? Even in that, like I'm working on that, too, because I love me some Jolly Ranchers and Chick-fil-A. But eat healthy. Take care of yourself. Allow yourself to rest. Right. I'll tell people Yo, I tell people this all the time. Set if you set boundaries at work. Do not work more than you need to. Do not let the anxiety of the corporate world consume you and rule your life. Absolutely not. You are worth so much more than that. Don't do it. You are, you are not a function. You are a human being that has functions. You right? So that's another thing too adulting if you're not careful this life oh gosh this life and this is what i'm saying the natural world of adulting taking care of yourself and and paying bills and paying car notes and all that stuff it can be dehumanizing it can literally be dehuman it can be dehumanizing because immediately you equate someone to what they're worth and so you can dehumanize yourself in the name of trying to be an adult. You you out here depressed and anxious and your soul is in shambles, but your bills are paid. And I'm just saying, which one is more important? Look, I'm not saying that you should out here. I, I'm not saying you should be homeless out here on the street, but you also shouldn't be living in no mansion and your soul is in shambles, fam. You also shouldn't be out here able to take care of yourself naturally, but you don't know how to navigate your emotions. You don't even know how to navigate what you feel nor to articulate it. That's not good. That's not good, fam. And these are the kinds of things that we can easily overlook. 
in the name of adulting. So I'm just trying to bring this into perspective. Don't don't allow this world, this life to rule you and to dictate your behavior and how you choose to walk. Set boundaries for yourself, healthy boundaries, work hard and be diligent in your work. But even in the midst of that, keep God at the center. You're in error as a Christian if your job gets in the way of your prayer life. If you need to wake up earlier, then that's what you need to do. But as a Christian, and this is this is how human beings are in general, but especially as a Christian, you were not meant to go to work outside of the presence of God. Adam was working and tilling the ground while he was in God's presence, not by his own strength, but he partnered with God as he worked. Right. So you need to allow the Lord to have the to to be in the presence of God. And I believe God is trying to help us. Right. And even for me in this season, I can personally say God is trying to help us navigate because I think a lot of people think that we have to have the natural things in order. Um, we can only I think a lot of people think that we only have to have the natural things in order or the spiritual things in order. And it can't be both. And I think what God is trying to do is he's trying to teach us how to navigate in prospering in the natural and in the spirit, you should not be getting promoted at your job and getting a 20K salary raise, but your prayer life sucks. That's not good. And and I, I, I want people to understand, you, you do realize that that's just as urgent as much as you not being able to pay your bills, right? <laughs> you don't know your creator, but your bills are paid. That's not good. <laughs> and, 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 I guess a lot of people who are not saved would not understand what I'm saying. But to the Christians, we should not be in that state. If And as a matter of fact, if we are in that state, if you are in that state, you are walking in spiritual poverty. There's natural poverty and there's spiritual poverty. Some of you can't afford to pay your rent in the Holy Ghost. Uh-oh. Some of you got five bands in the natural, but you're negative 35K in the spirit. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Ask God to teach you balance. Ask God to show you your sonship and how to depend on him for everything. And another thing too, ask the Lord to kill your pride and your arrogance. Because as an adult, when you work hard, and you get blessed, you think it was just you and God had nothing to do with it. Yes, you partnered with the Lord, but he's the one that gave you the opportunity to partner. And I tell you this, I don't care how smart you are, how graced you are for an area, how elite you are. The Bible says what it says. Pride cometh before the fall and God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And what you don't want to look like is you don't want to look like a man or a woman that is successful in the natural, but God has departed from you because of the amount of pride that you exude due to the journey of life that you have. So hear me, y'all. Ask the Lord for balance. Ask the Lord for wisdom. That train needs to shut up. Mighty God. Ask the Lord for balance. Ask the Lord for wisdom. And ask him to teach you how to navigate this world. 
Ask him how to navigate being an adult, paying bills, going to work, but still not forgetting him as your source and as your sufficiency. Ask him to help you not to stop depending on him. Ask him to teach you how to still depend on him while it feels like you're responsible for everything, right? Jesus, the Lord has has walked so many of, he. the Lord is not, he's not new to this, right? Even in Bible times, there were people that had jobs. There were people that needed their, um, their bills paid. There were people that needed trade. There were people that needed money. They needed food, all that other stuff. They had to hunt. God is not, he is not taken off guard on how to help men and women women navigate in society, right? The, that's why even when Jesus was praying with the disciples, when he was teaching them the um, format and the blueprint of prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. God cares about the natural things in your life. But you also, it's, it's about looking at him as your source. It's about looking at him as the one who is able to supply all of your needs. Paul said, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So just, I, I think what I hear the most is take the pressure off yourself. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy labored, and I will give you, yes, t- give you, come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy labored, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you from my and and learn of me take my yoke upon you and learn to me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light jesus said take my yoke upon you and learn of me this is this is how we this is how we take his yoke upon him uh, this is how we take his yoke upon us we learn from him we learn the way that he thinks we learn his perspective on life and how we should live and then he said for my yoke is easy and my burden is light some of y'all have been adulting and developing the lifestyle of an adult or functioning as an adult in society and there's pressure on yourself. Your yoke is hard and your burden is heavy, right? And it's because you have not learned of God in the way that you need to yet. But Jesus said, if you take my yoke upon me and you learn of me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you ever realize that you're more effective in the natural when you are more aware of what's happening in the spirit, people who are the most effective in the Christian faith are those that are spiritual and partner with God in the natural realm because they they are in the natural, but they're operating in the capacity of the realm of the spirit. And that's why they flow in such a level of excellency and prosperity because while they partner in the natural, they drink from the well that never runs dry, which is a spiritual well, right? So I, I hope this minister to you, I want you to remember that he is your sufficiency, that while this world is telling you to go out and get it on your own and to hustle and nobody's responsible for you and it's just you and da 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 that is not the ways of the kingdom. And Regardless of whatever the world says, we are called to reject that and operate from a kingdom vantage point and perspective. So do that. Do that in your journey. Do that in your place of adulting and developing a life. And if you're not starting out, but you've been in this for a while, let this just be a reminder for you to remember who you are and whose you are. We belong to God. 
and he is a good father. All right. So I hope this uh, resonated with you and I will see you on the next episode. Deuces.